It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James Trubity. This is my show, and today we are looking at the never openweight six man tag team tournament from New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're just looking at the tournament matches. We don't have to plow through the endless tag team matches that were on this particular tour because, you know, you can have too much of a good thing. And to join me today is the man himself from Wrestling Rewind and No to No Media. It is, of course, the great man of the Republic. Will you please welcome Mr. Darrow Connor? How are you, sir? Hi, James. That's some intro. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, do try, I do try. You know, you know, you, you, you guys who come on the show, we only get top quality, top notch folks. And it's nice because we haven't done a show together for a long time. I think last time was back in the total wrestling days when we did a podcast together. Yeah, I think. Long, or even I, if we did, I don't know if we did or not. Then no, so I don't I, know either. Yeah, I think I've done I've done some rewinds with back in the old days with Mister Freeland, but mm. I haven't I haven't done stuff with you for, for a long time. If not, if for those of you who don't know, me and Dara used to wrestle for uh, wrestle right for a publication called Total Wrestling Magazine, which was very fine and sadly no longer with us. Um, yes. That's how we know each other. And Marcus wrote for that as well. Um, and Humza Hussein, who writes for Steel Show Magazine now, he's the interview editor there. He, he wrote for that magazine too. And Tony, who used to do the Rewind with Mike as well, he did. That's how we all know each other. We have Darren to thanks for that. <laughs> Definitely. The, the, the wrestling media is so in, incestuous as well. Like, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know one person and you know everybody. Like, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's it. It's like I started working for Steel Chair, and the, for the first person told me it was Humza. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh hello. <laughs> we just it, left somewhere, and now we're working together again. It's it's like particularly over this part of the world. It's like in the states, it's way obviously way bigger, but you still know certain people. But when you come over here in Europe, it's like, yeah, okay, I know that person, that person, that person, that person. It's it's funny. It is. It is. There's only a, probably around about. 20 to 30 obviously in europe but we've all worked on the same magazines and same places and yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool though because we all we all know each other but now i've been listening to the rewind and there's a feature on the rewind that's uh, that's called dave doesn't watch wrestling yeah and, and <laughs> <laughs> today we're yeah. going to have a feature on the troop show called dara doesn't watch new japan yes literally because <laughs> when you said this i'm like Oh God. Okay. Right. So I'm like, right. I haven't watched New Japan in like three years. So I'm, I now I know what Dave feels like every week when I bring up current wrestling to him. But we we like having guests who don't aren't completely okay with the product because it gives for for listeners it gives like them the feel of like what it was like to be you know someone who didn't watch the show and for like what's the presentation like and is it presented well and what you think of it because mm. fresh eyes on the product is always nice so it's nice to have someone who doesn't who knows wrestling really well but doesn't necessarily know this product really well which is Absolutely. really cool. yes so the first night was at Curricken Hall the much vaunted Curricken Hall 698 in attendance obviously not going to be uh, a super no vacancy with social distancing I suppose mm. it could have been a super no vacancy with social distancing for all I know, it's about 1,200 that normally fit in K-Hall, so it's about right, I think, for a, for a socially distanced event. Yeah, about and half. Yeah, about half. There was loads of stuff on it, uh, but we're concentrating on the openweight matches. And the first openweight matches was Kazuchika, Akada, the Rainmaker, Sho, and Toriyano. They defeated the Bullet Club tandem of, well, trio, of Gedo, Jedo, and Yujiro Takahashi. This summer has been a Kazuchika Akada, who really has had nothing else to do, wrestling Yujiro Takahashi about 42 times. 
it wasn't that bad. But bearing in mind, Ghetto and Jeddo, 30 years of this business. And for Jeddo, I'm afraid it shows, bless his cotton socks, but he does try. Ghetto is a much more better value for money performer out of the two of them these days because he can still move and he's got knees. Uh, it wasn't a wrestling classic. It was fun and kind of what you expect between two heated teams by New Japan standards. Like, there's not going to be blood and guts because it's New Japan, but it was it was a heated affair. What did you think of this one, Dara? Uh, it actually had people who I knew as well, so it was a nice nice way to start things off. I'm like, oh, Okada, I know Okada, and I know Jeddo and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, this is great. So yeah, as you said, like I've seen better matches with pretty much everyone in this, uh, in either one of the teams. But um, I quite enjoyed it as a nice little opener. I don't know if that was done on purpose or not, but I was. It's whenever you watch a new product, you're trying to figure out like what the pace of it is and the beats. And with this, I'm like, right, so they're kind of setting the tone here, but it's a lot faster than you'd expect it to be. Like the pace is a lot more kind of bam, 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 spot, 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 rest, spot, 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 rest. And yeah, it was it was cool. I enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. I mean. Toriyano is obviously a great hero to us, but he kind of be a quiet taste for new watchers. I can see that. I can, I can, <laughs> I can, I can see that. I, like, it's weird. The, the, the first, like, the first night, so the first two matches, um, well, one, it, it was kind of hard to find it because it's, like, all tag team matches with the exception of the first show, with the exception of the first match. I'm like, why are there so... Can you explain to me why do you have so many tag team matches? Like, what, what's, what, what's the story, like? It's just it was kind of confusing. I'm like, oh, here we go. But yeah, um, I, I can't explain. Yeah, okay. explain it to me. Go on, because I'm I'm uh, confused with the whole thing. Okay, so Japanese wrestling has always traditionally been built on factions and matches and tag yeah. matches. And the reason for that is, you know, the big like Kawada versus Misawa death half hour hitting each other like there's no tomorrow matches. They only happen about once a month. Oh, so the right. rest. So the rest of the time, they're kind of jogging along in tag matches to save their energy for the killer singles match they have to have at the end of the month. That's one reason. And because it's not episodic format wrestling like, say, Monday Night Raw or Impact or AEW, there is no, there is a, the the story is a much more shorter format. So tag matches allow people to be mixed up together. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And that explains why the, why you have big factions Instead of yeah. just, you know, like random tag teams, like everything seems to kind of make more sense in that sense now. Yeah, OK, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, it's just it's, it was weird to kind of see that because any time I have been exposed to the product, <laughs> excuse me, it'd be something it'd be for something like Wrestle Kingdom or something like that, where you do have those big epic encounters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I that was one thing I had to kind of adjust to. And then, of course, the presentation of it, where the way it's shot, is completely different to everything else. So when you're watching it, you're like, okay, this doesn't look like WWE, doesn't look like AEW, doesn't look like Impact. But I really liked it. I think it, it really works in its favor. Uh, I really enjoyed the referee in general. Like the way <laughs> he's, he's just there and he's jumping around, he's having a great old time, and it, it's funny. But uh, man, some of the stuff that they do, even in these matches, even in the opening matches, are absolutely crazy. You know, like the the random jump to the outside spots. Um, yeah. That was that was crazy. And then just. Even the way they do like um, suplex and stuff, they're so they're so wit intent. I kind of was just like, oh, I really enjoyed this kind of stronger, stronger, uh, yeah. more stiff style. It was great. Yeah, I think I think that's the the thing. I mean, like New Japan isn't really strong style like it used to be. Like based no. on, but it's been heavily influenced by the old Japan guys. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. War uh, Wrestling and Romance that was Jinichiro's Tenryu's company and, and later 
WAR. <laughs> um, but they were the first company to have a six-man championship. And Gato and Jedo, who are the bookers for New Japan Pro Wrestling, were perennial six-man tag team champions in WAR. That's oh, uh, one of the reasons why they brought these titles into this into this into this company. Also, as well, like the never open weight six man championships have kind of been the get everybody riled up, kind of have a jokey, happy go lucky first round, first match on a supercard kind of match. Whereas I think this has been a kind of like reset things to be a bit more serious and a bit more worthwhile, which I really appreciate. Yeah, like any time I've seen a six man tag team title outside of this, it's always kind of been a bit of a mess. Anytime they've ever kind of done it, you know, but I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that this didn't feel pointless. It all kind of felt like they were actually trying to progress and it felt really like a, a, I don't know, even the interviews after it, it's like, oh, it's kind of like they do after football. I'm not, not a big football person, but it kind of felt like that, you know, obviously I was watching it in Japan, so I know a Japanese, so I had no idea what they were saying. Um, so I was just like, oh yeah, look at them there, you know, it's all fields. <laughs> but even as someone, it's just, it feels like you know you know it doesn't ha- what i mean is like it doesn't have to be in english you know to kind of get that yeah. what they're trying to do and what they're, the story they're trying to tell and it, it was a really cool way to open things up it kind of the crowd seemed super into it. it was weird to hear so much applause after every kind of big section where they'd like do a section and then or kick out and they'd be like yay yeah. or not even cheering just you know a little clapping and i was like oh that's kind of cute <laughs> yeah <laughs> They're not allowed to shout, scream, or sing along to anything in uh, New Japan at the moment because it's kind of against the rules. This is oh, what the, like there was like a story this week. Like fans are allowed back in football stadiums in England this week, so long as they sign a piece of paper saying they won't sing, they won't chant, and people are up in arms about it. I'm going like, if you watch the fans in Japan at sporting events, they just sit there quietly and politely because they don't want to spread germs because it's yeah. in their culture not to spread germs because it's rude. Yeah. <laughs> And that's <laughs> super polite, super polite Japanese people, which is <laughs> funny. Yeah. Uh, the next matchup was Los Ignorables de Japón, Bushi, Sanada, and Shingo Takagi. They defeated the Suzuki Gun trio of Duki, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki in 13 minutes and 37 seconds. LIJ are probably the best trios tag team to watch. Out of the five of them, they all work together so well, it's like clockwork. They, their double teams and triple teams are absolutely spot on perfect every time. They clearly practice a lot. Mm. <laughs> Some poor rookie is getting his head kicked in a dojo somewhere. <laughs> well, it, it, it doesn't look like it's. Um, it look. It doesn't look rehearsed. It just looks deliberate. You know, that's that's one thing that I noticed. Like, thank Christ you're saying these names because <laughs> I'm just like, I, you know. But uh, I I would agree. Um, from what I've seen, they were the team that had had it most together, had this kind of style. Because I'd imagine working a tag team match is different than working a three-way team. And, you know, when you normally see this, it would be like, and I hate this, me and Dave talk about how much we hate this on the Rewind all the time, where whenever there's a three-way thing, it just breaks down to singles. And then it breaks yeah. into three single matches instead of what it should be, where it's like a triple-triple-triple a threat match, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, everyone in this team kind of understands that and they're like right no we're actually going to take advantage of the fact that there's three men working in this working in tandem to to win the match so yeah I, I like double team moves are great when they're done well but when they're done badly they're kind of hokey but there was none of this absolutely phenomenal team yeah absolutely crisp as they come uh, Dookie El Desperado have had a lot of good press through this tournament but they work really hard on these tours Dookie only came in about a year ago and He's literally spent the last decade working Mexican indies, and he got called up to the main roster of New Japan because um, 
Kanemura got an injury. Right. And uh, he's he's been phenomenal ever since. It's like, where have they been hiding this guy? <laughs> oh, absolutely. oh, absolutely. But, like, um, the right people went over for the team. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, everyone worked really well in this, but... Um, like Dookie was interesting because I didn't like I didn't actually wasn't familiar with him beforehand. Um, mm. So like that whole team of Sanuki Gun, that see this is why I don't pronounce them. Um, Dookie El Desperado <laughs> and the other lad whose name I'm not going to say. Um, it, it, they they were less they were less together. Um, yeah. But I still really enjoyed everything they were doing. I was invested in this entire match the entire time. It wasn't something like I had to, uh, you know, obviously because I didn't have a horse in the fight. I was literally just watching it, you know, <laughs> from, from, from scratch. And I'm like, oh, who's actually going to win this? And um, when they when they did lose, I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But not in a way going, they got buried. It was more like, oh, I want to see what these guys do in the future. But the right team won, if that makes sense. The, the person you were mispronounced or couldn't pronounce was Minoru Suzuki, the king of pro Minoru, wrestling. There we go, Minoru Suzuki. Yes. Uh, Minoru had business in this because he fancies having a crack at Shingo Takagi's never open weight singles championship, right. which I think will be the next big match. And he had an absolutely belting match with uh, Yuji Nagati the Friday before. Both of them 52 years old. They have literally been beating each other up since high school amateur wrestling, and they're still at it. Yeah, but like... <laughs> They're owl lads, but they're not like, you know, <laughs> like you're watching them. They're like, you know, you're getting up there, but it's not like watching something where you see, you know, Flair and Hogan roll around the ring and bleed all over each other. When these guys wrestle, it's probably, you know, they're like, we're still able to go. We're still able to, to put on a show. And the fact that it's in this kind of triple tag team style where they're all kind of protected, they yeah, look yeah. really better. You know, they, yeah. they look like it's actually, it hides all that. You know, it, it's a really cool way of having them still tell these stories and these rivalries without blowing themselves up. There was an interview, Emily Pratt did an interview earlier this week with one of the girls from Gato Move, and she wrestled Minoru Suzuki in an intergender match, like, right. earlier this year. And she said, she said, what, what did you think of your match with Suzuki? She said, my entire career is based around having another match with him again. He's going to be wrestling to like, 88, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, look, you know that's it you know if, if he keeps doing stuff like this this is a very good way to protect the guys you know without what, because one of the biggest things that we complain about in in western wrestling is massive overexposure um, yeah yeah what they're doing. Like, I mean, Suzuki had one big match he wrestled the Carter for the championship last year in London that was the main event and then his next big match was at, well it wasn't even the match it was at Wrestle Kingdom and John Moxley defend, successfully defended the US championship or gain the I, back. I actually did see that match. Yeah, and then Suzuki walks out at the end and got this humongous pop. Oh my god, John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki. Because no one ever thought that would happen. <laughs> and it was it was and it was an absolute belting match as well. It was really, really good. But he's fifty two, he picks his spots, he knows exactly what to do at exactly the right time because he's been wrestling since he was, you know, eighteen and it's it's thirty two years he's on now. Yeah, but the good 32 years. Good 32 years, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Sure, definitely. Right, the next night on the 7th, we were back at uh, Currican Hall. 698, so I guess that would be your super no vacancy. Um, your maximum figures at Currican Hall. This had the next Chaos team, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshi Hanti, Hashi defeat a great bash heel, which was Togi Makabe, Tomiyaka Honma, and Raisuke Taguchi in 11 minutes and 53 seconds. 
Taguchi was it was big match Taguchi. He he just popped this out every once in a while. He did some comedy spots, but it was mainly like the business of getting things done. Togi Makabe and Tamaki Homura were their usual kind of stiff old selves. And Goto, Ishii, and Hashi have a lot of chemistry together, as we will see. And they were kind of clicking in this match. What were your thoughts on this one, Darren? Um, you can tell that there's that there's a lot of history between those two. You know, it's Again, the commentary team, because you're watching it in Japanese, you're piecing it together. But from the inflections of what they're highlighting, you're like, okay, there's something going on here. And then, you know, obviously the crowd can only do so much. Um, so you can't work off that. But their interactions in the ring, like masterful storytelling to really kind of get it forward. Again, I had this air of big match. You know, I felt big, even though, you know, I had no context for it. I had no, no working revenant of what's going on i was just like okay this feels like a big deal and it was i enjoyed it straight about there was no match uh on this whole series that i can say i didn't like yeah no this this was good i mean this this goes plays back and this is the kind of thing new japan do so well great bash heel are kind of a face faction there's only two of them really and chaos are a face faction now but back in the day everyone who was in chaos was in great bash heel then shinsuke nakamura came along yeah, Makabe and Honma <laughs> and turned it into chaos. So yeah, he I... took over the, the the faction. So there's always a little bit of tension, not as much as they used to be because they kind of tag together from time to time. Uh, basically, when Jay White took over Bullet Club, Chaos and Huntai, the the home team, as it were, the non-faction aligned wrestlers, the baby faces, yeah. said, "Right, that's it. We're not having this again." <laughs> and then went off themselves. Yes, and decided to work together to make sure Bullet Club are under control because it was back to the days of Devitt and everybody running wild and they weren't having that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually, that makes a lot of sense because now certain things that Great Bashil would do, um, yeah. it wouldn't be as kind of like, you know, it's cleaner in a certain way than Chaos, you know, because, uh, mm. you know, you're like, oh, okay, you guys are, well, you weren't working heel, they weren't working face. Well, yeah. Great Bashil yeah. kind of now it makes sense why they what why they are doing what they were doing. I think they're a good mix though. Like both those teams really uh, really clicked. Like obviously they've been working together for a while, um, but really really fluid, smooth, enjoyable, uh, enjoyable match there. You know, it wasn't like you were waiting for someone else to tag in. It was kind of like we're gonna do our spot, we're gonna do this, we're gonna go forward, and then work to the finish. It was really nice. Yeah, I mean, Yoshihashi and Tomohiro she did do the World Tag League before Christmas together, as did Makabe and Homa, as they usually do. Oh, no, Homa, somebody else for, the, for that. But, yeah, Ishii and Hashiyashi have been tagging together for a while. Goto's just, uh, he, he's been a great tag wrestler for the last 20 years. You know, he was in the kind of, like, landmark early junior heavyweight New Japan feuds of the early 2000s with Liger, when Liger turned heel, and they were looking for new stars to build around Liger, and that's where really he got his start. So he's... He's been like a tag ace for a long time. Mm. And you know, Makabe, I think, has won the tag titles about 12 times. So, <laughs> so yeah, they all know what they're doing. I really liked Ishii. That, like, he was the, the standout for me in this match. Um, you know, I, I just, everything he did was great with uh, with Hashi. So, but it kind of makes sense that they're all like established tag workers and you're yeah. able to just kind of do fluid stuff. Yeah, it was super fun. Really, 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 really enjoyable. Like, I, I don't know. It's kind of like there's so much tag wrestling, but 
none of it's bad. You know, you're kind of conditioned to, when you're watching this on a on the more mainstream stuff or the you know westernized stuff. It's like, oh god, tag team matches. You know, but this is like this is how it should be, right? Yeah, you're I, not just filling for time. I mean, Harry Smith, uh, David Boy Smith Jr. loved working New Japan because they did tag matches properly. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. Yeah. I can see why. Honest to God. You know, he, he like he didn't really like doing tag matches in WWE because there's too many rules that go in the way. <laughs> like, yeah, in w- yeah, in WWE, you will get disqualified if you if you double team past a five count twice. That's yep. an, not kayfabe rule. That's an actual rule. That's an actual rule. Yeah. 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 And so it's like all the running, and if you run, if you do a running save in WWE twice, you get disqualified. So and it's like in New Japan, it's like yeah, we'll let that bit slide. This is a big match. We've got to we've got to let things go here a little bit, and that's that's kind of where I like about it. They know when to bend. They know when to bend the rules. And again, like the, the, like again, this goes back to what I was even saying. The initial presentation with the referee, the referee, he's there and he's like heavily involved, but he's not like in the way. He's like yeah. he's actually watching it, so it feels more like compared to a WWE referee, like this is ridiculous. Like you're literally just in the way the entire time, you know. Uh, but I have to say, I really enjoyed seeing. I didn't realize that Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi were a tag team. I oh, know that's really dumb. Uh, like I didn't realize they're going to be on this. Um, I'm like, yay! <laughs> I like Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, so <laughs> I was I was really excited. I got a I got a little kind of uh, you know, it's like yay, this is great. <laughs> like, it was made for me once I saw these guys come out. I was like fantastic. Uh, yeah, a referee for most of these matches was Red Shoes Uno. Whose real name is Umino, but brilliantly he started in all Japan and Giant Baba couldn't pronounce Umino, so he just used to call him Uno, and no one dare tell him different. <laughs> Fair enough. Because you're going to argue with Giant Baba? No. Nope. No, no, no. Not really. You're the most successful promoter of all time. No, you're fine. <laughs> okay, I have a new nickname then. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll be Uno now. Okay, so <laughs> the main event for night two. As you alluded to, pitted Golden Ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi with young Miss Master Wato, who's a, a recent returnee from Excursion, uh, who was accompanied by his favorite, uh, well, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who's been cheerleading for Wato because they're desperately trying to get him over. Uh, <laughs> and they defeated the second Suzuki Gun team, Tai Chi, Yoshinobu Kanemura and Zack Sabre Jr. Now, there, I should give you a bit of background now. So... The tag team champions at Wrestle Kingdom were Gorillas of Destiny. They lost it to Finn Juice, Dave Finley the Fourth, <laughs> or Dave Finley as we call it, Dave Finley the Fourth, and, and Juice Robinson, who then in turn lost it to uh, God, who lost it to Golden Ace, who then lost it to Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. So, and the reason why they lost was basically because of Tanahashi's awful knees which are always going to be awful from now on yeah. they're kind of just awful um and since then uh tai chi and zack saber jr keep trying to talk kotribushi into joining suzuki goon which they're not that key he's not that keen on the idea but they're teasing it an awful lot which is a lot of kind of very japanese kind of storytelling but it is like you know kotribushi's all-time favorite hero is a shinsuke nakamura and Hiroshi Tanahashi, he considers them gods. The Kamagoyai ni, which is his finisher, means to surpass God. So when Tanahashi isn't on a winning streak and he's losing badly and making bad decisions and can't keep up, that's the story of Ibushi. It's very Shakespearean. <laughs> so, but it, it works and they told this brilliantly. 
Yeah, like um, again, having that context, the match makes a lot more sense um, and what they're doing. But from an in-ring perspective, um, you know, Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi in there, like it's going to be a great match. Zack Sabre Jr. as well. I always really enjoyed his work. Um, this was, you know, while all the matches were good, some matches were better than others, and this this deserved to be a main event. It felt like a main event. Again, we talked about the big match in night one. This was big match in night two. Yeah, I mean, the the only person with this who hasn't got a rep is Master Wato. Yeah, I, I have mean, no idea who he was. <laughs> I was just like, oh, there's someone else. Like, right. Yeah, Master Wato came back recently from... Um, uh, hang on, I've got the wrong page here. He came back from excursion like about a month ago, and he's had some good matches, and he's very good. But and he's got this mystical, mystical kind of uh, it's um, he's Hirokawato, who was a, a rookie a couple of years ago, and a very good rookie as well. He was one of the the best ones that come out of the dojo in a long time, and he's kind of got this mystical gimmick going on. But I'm not convinced by it yet. And velour trousers with a belt don't help either. <laughs> oh, no, I will have to say, I, I I like some of the costume choices that the lads picked and the masks and stuff. It was like, it's like watching the Power Rangers, you know, it's like, oh, look at them there. You know, it just, it just is very, it's something you don't see, you know, because they'd be ridiculed beyond, beyond yeah. what would be fair. But it's really, it kind of adds that whole, you're not watching you're watching something completely different, right? It's kind of, for me, yeah. I had loads of like WCW flashbacks from the 90s when you yeah. come back and you're like, oh, right, they'd come over and have these undercard, undercard matches of something completely different, you know? And that's really what this kind of felt like, but like good, not not really bad or not, you know, staff for time. It was like that, but extended out in its own kind of thing. So it was cool to see. I, You know, I think if they didn't do the the crazy outfits and the masks and that, it would kind of lose that Japanese-ness, you know? Yeah. You, know yourself, you know yourself, like, when I was a kid, I loved the Power Rangers, I still do, but now when I watch it as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's why it was so strange, because it was Japanese, you know? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, that's what I kind of... So, you're like, it's like, weird stuff happens on this card, and you're like, oh, that's because it's Japanese, right? And that's that's what it is, that's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's appealing to your anime heart. Oh yeah, I'm a massive weeb, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It's like the, the New Japan is—it's a cultural phenomenon, and more so now than it was a couple of years ago. Don't get me wrong; I mean, Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club Young Bucks kind of era was great for yeah. build the audience in the state. Well, the build that audience is a solid audience; it's not going anywhere. No. So they be New Japan now and just be. We're going to give you Minoru Suzuki versus Yuji Nagata. They're going to wrestle for 20 minutes and they're just going to hit each other in the face and it's going to be ace. And they can do that. And that's that. But also, they've got like Desperado, who's like a killer wrestler, but he has this mystique about him because of the face mask and the things he's done. And, you know, there's a lot more culturally to it that is even, even adapted culture, like Desperado is clearly a lucha wrestler, even though he's Japanese. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more. Uh, there's more, more New Japan spin on things now, which I personally prefer. Uh, and See, you know, I I think that's really cool. Like the fact that you have like this Japanese lad coming out and for all intents and purposes cosplaying as a lucha is great because it's like he's you know it shakes things up. It's not just we're going to have Japanese wrestlers doing traditional Japanese things. It's we're kind of embracing stuff from other parts of the world and bringing it in, and that's how it grows. And you know, as I said, like. 
when I was watching this, it didn't feel like I was watching something that exists today. It felt like its own thing. And that's great. You know, obviously, like, the last time, as you alluded to, the last time I'd watched New Japan would have been with the Bullet Club, with David, uh, the books and that as well. You know, that's when I kind of stopped when the books left. But, um, yeah, man, this is great. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I like Desperado. I, did, I didn't mention this. I wanted to mention this. Brilliantly, Desperado, who tweets in character, <laughs> saw, saw an yes. impact video of Motor City Machine Guns and I pressed the translate button and said, me and Kanemaru could have them. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Actually, funny enough, on my timeline uh, today on Facebook, popped up the Dublin House show from like 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns are on this picture of us with Dixie Carter. I was like, oh man. Yeah, I remember Impact Wrestling being great. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing some good stuff. I actually watched uh, Slammiversary this year. Oh yeah, we, we reviewed it there and we had a great time. D- Dave was like, why am I watching this? And he's like, oh, I, I like it again. It's like, this is great. It yeah, no, great. I, if anyone hasn't seen Impact in a, in a while, it's definitely worth, worth checking out. Like, it's a lot better than it was. Yes, yeah. I mean, you still have to listen to Josh Matthews, but some things are what you can pull your head back. I don't so, know what happened. I don't know what happened with that man. Like he used to be decent, and now it's just <laughs> incomprehensible. Um, uh, Callis does my head in as well, and so therefore, like, I, it wasn't so bad on New Japan commentary because at least you have Kevin Kelly. And <laughs> a few other people. Him like, yeah, <laughs> restrain him. him. Kevin Kelly's great. Yeah. Yeah, but he's the boss in Impact, so he's going to tell him stop. Just, just be quiet for a bit. <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, but you know, as I said, with wrestling, you don't need the commentary if it's no. good, and this proves it. Like the lads are talking Japanese, and I know like four words in Japanese, and none of them are said by these. So I was like, I was lost <laughs> most of it. So, oh dear. Right, so we move on to night three, which is again at K Hall, uh, six hundred ninety-eight, uh, full attendance. Kazuchika Okada, Show, and Toriyano of Your Chaos defeated Lij Bushi Sanada. And Shingo Takagi in 13.7, 13 minutes and 7 seconds, when Tariano very cleverly tied Bush's mask to the gate and got back in the ring before the 20 count, which is a bit of a squib finish anywhere else. <laughs> but it's what Yano does. <laughs> so as far as look, I'm concerned, proper win. <laughs> look, I, I, if that had been a WWE thing, they would have overbooked it. Hmm. And it would have been terrible. And if it had been, you know, anywhere else, it would have been positive. But I could have seen this actually been done in AEW. This is a very, this is a very like Western finish. But the 13 minutes leading up to it kind of told that story because again, they'd already gone through night one. So they're like, look, we're kind of tired. You know, we can't beat them, so we'll just cheat. And it's like, <laughs> hey, yeah, fine, you know, because as you said, like now, now it makes sense that yeah, they're not healed. But they're not baby faces either. They're going to kind of take these shortcuts. And yeah, I think it worked great. Obviously, took away from the finish, but it got them through. Wins a win. Yeah, and I loved Bushy's um, tantrum at the end of the match. He's beating his heels on ringside. He's like, ah, I feel you. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's happened to the best. Last year, Torriano beat John Moxley in exactly the same manner during the G1. And he's the only person to have pinned to John Moxley during the entire run of him since he left WWE. or <laughs> well, not pinned, to beaten John Moxley. And um, Moxley did an interview for AEW uh, last year or for somebody explaining how depressing it was to be the only loss he's had in his indie wrestling career since he came out of WWE is to Toriano and how much he's absolutely terrified of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, it's like if if you're gonna if you're gonna lose in that way, at least lose to the best or lose to the person who's gonna you know, cause the biggest problem. So the sublime master thief strikes again. Yep. Uh, the main event that particular night was Chaos Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi. They defeated Golden Ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kotobushi, and Master Wato in 17 minutes and 11 seconds. Master Wato did actually put some work in in this one. He had a bit of shine. It was mostly Tanahashi doing the work, I must admit, with Ibushi coming in for the big finishes and stuff. But it wasn't quite enough to be a coherent team that worked together, which was the story they were trying to tell. I was sad by this because after night one, Golden Ace had become my boys. And I was like, come <laughs> on, lads, you can do it. And then when they lost, I was like, ah, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, like that was the story. You could tell that like, well, you know, Golden Ace were there and they were doing it. They were kind of the underdogs because uh, Chaos were so, so together. Um, some really lovely spots in this, some great teamwork. So, um, yeah, for me, like I was sad that they lost, but. I really had a good time. So, uh, awesome. our good friends at Cage Match give it eight out of ten. Oh yeah, I'd I'd give it eight out of ten too. Yeah, yeah, it was a very good piece of work from all people involved, and but it showed the growing strength and confidence in Ishii, who is a big winner and a big name in New Japan, but has a tendency to fall short at the hub, the final hurdle. Hiroki mm. Goto, who is another big name, former Intercontinental Champion, never openweight champion, but is again always tends to fall at the last hurdle. And Yoshihashi, who is literally the walking person who falls at the last hurdle. You know, he was lined up for a big ang- angle when Jay White turned on Chaos a year and a half ago and ran to the ring to save Okada, tripped and managed to smack his head on the ringside, giving himself a concussion and bleeding out and was off for three months with a concussion, literally blowing his big moment. So, yeah, he is the guy who is the perennial loser of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So these three guys finding their groove, finding the formula that fits for them, which leads to an all-chaos final, which is unheard of. Usually these matches tend to be forbidden because they don't put them together unless it's in a tournament. Right. like... Occasionally, they'll let Suzuki Gun have a go at each other because no one likes Suzuki Gun, so it's all right. There's <laughs> 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 got nothing else to do. Suzuki Gun versus Suzuki Gun is a good night out, uh, seeing who can out cheat one another. Um, and I will go on the record and say right now here, this may be the best six man tag match I've ever seen. Um, and that's a big statement in 40 years of watching professional wrestling. I have seen all kinds of six man tag matches, but this one. Felt like a main event. Felt like it was for a title. They were trying to tell a story. There was a lot of emotion going on in this particular matchup. And the winners of the tournament were not the fancied team. It was Goto, Ishii, and Hashi. They defeated Okada, Toriyano, and Sho in 24 minutes of 18 seconds of an absolutely blistering professional wrestling match that I truly loved. What's your thoughts on this one, Derek? I think the whole point of this was to build up um, to build up some newer guys, you yeah. know, to, to really get over because, like, um, Okada Show and Yano don't need it, but they weren't no. going to give it up easy. So, obviously, you know, looking at this from looking at this from the outset, you're like, right, well, obviously, they're going to win. But then, when the match started, as you said, it had that big fight feel, it felt like the title because it was, it was for the, the, the six man the six man uh, tag team belts so i was like right cool um what's going to happen here and then when the match started you're like right 
this is this is a showcase. This is to really kind of elevate uh, Godo and the lads up, which it did. And as you said, like they're the same team, so everyone kind of wins here. But it was, you know, just we need to build for the future. We need to make sure that we have someone to go to, and a match that you can point to and go, "Hey, look, this is what's coming." Which you can do. Which again is something we don't do. We don't. This is heard of in Western wrestling, right? <laughs> Let's build for the future. We just don't do. Um, but yeah, this was fantastic. Absolutely great match. Um, I love the presentation of it. Um, mm. Again, the commentary was, you know, their in, their inflections and stuff was fantastic. Um, yeah. I love the way it was shot. It was brilliant. Like everything that you'd want to see. Like yeah, it would make it a lot better if I had English commentary. Uh, commentary. Not gonna lie. You know, yeah. someone kind of guide through this, but it didn't need it. It had that feel already, and you know, it's it was refreshing to see. I would, um, I would definitely, if this is the caliber of New Japan now, I definitely would be watching more of it in the future because really, really liked it. I, I yeah, I, I completely agree. This is like this may be my favorite match of the year. You know, this is oh, it's holy. Well, there's yeah. not there's, there's, to be to be fair, James. There's. There's not much. <laughs> There's a reason why you rewind. We're going back to the, you know, the ad sheet era and stuff. There's not much to talk about this year, really. Oh no! I mean, I, I recently did a our top 100 wrestlers, which is something we do at Steel Chair every year, and I had to think of 20 wrestlers <laughs> that I thoroughly enjoyed the work of, and the course of course, this three months of wrestling where wrestling didn't actually happen. And it's like, ooh, who did I watch last November? Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of uh, reaching, you're like, who can I go back to? You know, and it's like, I yeah. know, with, with, with the odd guy maybe from AEW or something like that, like, it is what it is. You know, there, there, there just isn't that, there just isn't that pool to pull from. But then that, you, you see a show like this, and you're like, oh, they're hiding in Japan. That's where they are. <laughs> you know? Lee Hazel, who has uh, got the unenviable job of compiling all the masks for that from about 20 different writers, actually posted on Twitter. He said, I picked 20 people. I swore blind. Everyone else is going to pick them. No one else has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, fair play, because I wouldn't yeah. want that job. As I said, you know, if if we didn't make the decision to do past shows um, and laugh at the current product, I don't know if we could bear the rewind every week you know? <laughs> just like no i've no desire to do that but no. i genuinely enjoyed this this was a great little watch so thank you for uh for bringing it to my attention oh uh, no thank you very much for, for watching it for us and going through it with us uh, there was of course the end of the match which i have to highlight because yoshihashi receiving his first championship belt handed to him by kazuchika ricardo it's a long journey with those two. They made their debut at Wrestle Kingdom in 2012 together. They wrestled each other in the first match. Um, Akada beat Yoshihashi, went on to challenge Tanahashi at the next pay-per-view, and became the Rainmaker. And mm. Yoshihashi became Shinsuke Nakamura's protege. And when Nakamura left for the WWE, he kind of got lost. He really had no direction, dropped out of G1 contention, wasn't in the last two G1 tournaments. So having Okada hand him the championship after so many years of disappointment was a great, dramatic moment. Milano Collection AT actually cried, <laughs> <laughs> which was just cool, because Milano gets, gets emotional about these things. He was so upset when Evil turned heel, which is what, of course, kicked all this tournament off. Evil, now the double champion, having beat Tetsuya Naito, no longer interested in defending these championships, which he was the champion as when he was a member of LIJ. And that's how we get this great tournament and this great match. The booking, everyone 
was not particularly sure about the booking of Evil becoming the champion and beating NATO. However, the things that have come since then have been bang on. Yeah, like that's one thing as well, because, you know, um, again, when, when I saw Evil, I'm like, oh, look at that guy. So I did, did a bit of research and I was having a look at his whole kind of run. Um, yeah. And yeah, man, like it seems like that kind of came out of nowhere. Mm. But um, I look, they managed to do it. I think taking a risk like this really worked out well for them because they had a story to tell and they told it quite well. Like they told a true, you know, language and culture barriers. So that shows you how successful that actually was. Um, And yeah, the emotion after the match obviously was real. Um, You could feel that this was something they were really trying to to get over. And it's exactly what I said, you know, um, the fact that Akata handed the belt over it was like yeah that's what this is this is a passing of the torch kind of moment this is an investment into the future this is something you know that they know what they have and they want to make sure that it keeps going particularly after you know what the world's doing now where new japan was shut down for a couple of months they're like we need to we need to come out of the gate strong and they did they really did yeah they have done and this is the thing there is they they can't they can run the occasional big event but they can't do as much as they were doing they can't run the G1 until November this year. They were going to run it in November anyway, October, November anyway, because of the Olympics. They didn't want to clash with the Olympics, which was a sensible thing. They needed the arenas for the Olympics, so they were going to move to the autumn. But half their roster stuck in North America, um, yep. which has been the start of the New Japan Strong uh, show, which is we'll probably have a look at, I would think, on next week's Troopany show and try and catch up with that because they're running the New Japan US Cup. They are kind of relying perhaps a little too much on tournaments. We've got the New Japan US Cup running on New Japan Strong. We came back with the New Japan Cup. We've had the, tr- we've had the six-man tag team championships trophy uh, tournament. We've got the King of Pro Wrestling, which is the new championship Okada designed, which, will, which is kind of based on King of Gates, like the Dragon Gate Championship. So there's going to be a tournament, all gimmick matches in the tournament. And then the winner defends it against the challenger, but the challenger names the match. Oh, that's, that's an cool. interesting that's an interesting concept for New Japan, I have okay. to say, which is because like New Japan is perhaps the most traditional wrestling company in the world. <laughs> so to open this up to this kind of uh, booking is really interesting, but we, we will see where it goes. So you got King of Pro Wrestling next, and then uh, Championship next, and then you'll have the G1 in the autumn. We might actually have some regular pay-per-views with singles matches on them sooner rather than later. But for now, I'd be quite happy if this carried on. It's, it's just fun. It's yeah. fun, emotional storytelling that does the job. Um, and they might get Jay White back if they let him out in New Zealand sometime soon to, to bolster the roster a bit because they are lacking a bit in heels right now. So, yes. But I think it was very good. So that pretty much covers our coverage for the Never Open Weight Championships from this week and Summer Struggle, as New Japan have called that tour, which seems to keep going on and on. Uh, I'd like to thank my guest today, Mr. Darrow Connor. Thank you very much for your time, sir. No worries. Thanks for having me on. We have to do it again in the future. This was a lot of fun. Oh, excellent. I would lo- love to have you on again. Where can we find you on your social medias? So, if you want to at me, you can over on at DaraWV. So, D A R A G H W V. Um, that's my Twitter where I usually talk about either tech or wrestling in <laughs> that particular order. And um, yeah, and of course, if you want to go over to Nerd to Know Media, that's where you can find our web, like links to all our stuff. We have links to our YouTube channel. We pretty much do a show every day of the week from the rewind which you guys get every week but then we also do a podcast about um nerd culture in general there's a gaming podcast there's like a 
a normal talent podcast and then there's a weird Japanese horror, Japanese culture podcast called Straight Out Kanto. So look, we cater for everybody, there's something for everyone. And if you haven't checked out our work beyond the rewind, go over to Nerds No Media now and get the links or even go to YouTube and all everything's over there as well. So um, yeah, we really appreciate that. Very cool. You can find me at Sheriff Lonesar on Twitter. You can find the show, Troopany Show, on Twitter, on the Facebook, The Troopany Show, and on Patreon, where you can keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. You can also go see our partners at powerslam.tv, where you will get a free month when you use the code MULLETWATCH. Thank you very much for your time today. We appreciate it. We'll be back with more wrestling to talk about next week. See you soon. Bye.